This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter. Good morning again. I I took off my sweater because I can't preach with a cat on my belly. It's just... There's some standards you have to keep, you know what I'm saying? But I will put it back on after service and we can take some pictures together. I mean, no, it's okay to have fun in church. Some people think that those two things are mutually exclusive, but we're going to bring them together and we're going to enjoy church together. Um, you know, this scene that we just watched, sometimes at Christmas time, we're going to be talking about peace today. Uh, the advent of Jesus coming is supposed to bring peace to us, but as we see in that scene, as we know from our own lives, that a lot of times at Christmas time, as we're celebrating the Prince of Peace, we're going to read that scripture together here in a second, as we're celebrating the Prince of Peace coming together, that uh, coming to the earth, that we actually can lose our peace at Christmas time because of the busyness of the season, so many different things going on. Uh, But we actually want to experience and think about peace as we are celebrating Jesus coming to the earth. So if you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn over to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. You know, and as as we do at Christmas time, I don't know about you, but in our family, we would always take... Um, You know, it's easier to take pictures now, but back in the day when we had to develop film, we generally would just take pictures like at birthdays and at Christmas. So if you go back through all of your pictures, you know, it's maybe a graduation thrown in here or there, but it's like birthdays and Christmas and birthdays and Christmas. And you can see um, your life at different stages when you were young and as you got a little bit older and then maybe as you graduated high school, maybe college or university and maybe, uh, you know, different stages of your family, people getting married, people having babies, all these different things. And at each season of life that we actually should want to and have peace in our lives, that all of us are going to go through different seasons, that we don't want to push off peace to some other season of life, but we actually uh, want to and should experience peace at every season of life. Isaiah chapter 9 Verse 6, and this is the prophet, one of the prophecies um, in the Old Testament about Jesus coming. And it says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. One of the announcements about Jesus coming, the Messiah coming, is that he would be the Prince of Peace. Then it talks about his government, that the government would be upon his shoulders. Now, Jesus, the government that he came to establish was not a government that had borders, uh, national borders, but it actually had to do with the kingdom of our hearts. The kingdom of me. um, That I would give the rulership of my life to God through Jesus. And that he would rule my life as the Prince of Peace. So one of the most important things as we think about Jesus coming to the earth, it means that. So we see as Jesus coming to the earth was prophesied, we see that it was prophesied that he would be the Prince of Peace. 
At his baptism, we see here in Matthew chapter 3, it says that when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now we see this analogy um, that the Holy Spirit came on Jesus like a dove. Now the Holy Spirit is not a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a bird. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. They're just, this analogous term is used for us to understand how the Spirit of God rested on Jesus. And, and a dove is used as a symbol of peace. It still is today. So we see the Spirit of God coming and resting on Jesus in a peaceful way. So we see it prophesied about Jesus that he would be the Prince of Peace at the advent, at the beginning of his ministry. As he's getting baptized, we see the Holy Spirit coming on him with peace. And then we see here after his resurrection in John chapter 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when, he, when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. As we look as from the Old Testament to the, to the coming of Jesus, they called him the Prince of Peace. At his baptism, the beginning of his ministry, the Holy Spirit came on him in a peaceful way. When he showed up to the disciples after his resurrection, he said, Peace, this announcement of peace, this bringing of peace, that we would have peace in our lives, that we would have peace with God because of Jesus. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter uh, 3, it talks about that, we, that we're going to have peace with God separate from the law. So we're not going to have peace with God because of our own religiosity, with, because of our own ability to keep rules, religious rules or other rules. We're not going to have achieve peace with God that way, but it is going to be something that comes to the earth. It's coming with Jesus. It comes from God in our relationship with God that we would experience and have peace. And we want and, and we desire to have peace in our homes, don't we? We want to have peace in our homes. We want to have peace on the job. We want to have peace as we live our lives. So the word peace is just defined this way. I have a couple different uh, sources that I got this definition from. So listen to this. The state of harmony that is available to believers through having a right relationship with God and others. And is especially associated with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Peace means tranquility. It means at ease. It means unconcerned. Now, in the Old Testament, um, the, the Hebrew language and within the Hebrew people, they would use this word shalom. And the word shalom means peace. And they would use it as a greeting. They would use it as a hello. They would use it as a goodbye. In the Old Testament, shalom means peace, completeness, welfare, health, success, peace, and prosperity. It means wholeness. Well-being. And it just means to be complete or to be sound. Tranquility. At ease. Now, a lot of times that doesn't describe our Christmas season, does it? As this time when we're celebrating Jesus' coming, that our lives are at, in dis-ease. There's a lot of, so many things going 
on and so many things happening in our lives and sometimes confusing things and all these, just so much, our schedules get so full. And as we celebrate the Prince of Peace coming, we should want to experience peace and have peace. And I want to focus a little bit on this word. It's, it, as it defined peace, it talked about harmony. Now, some of our, our worship team this morning, you know, you, you sing a melody, and I'm not a singer, so I can't do it for you. You don't want me to do it for you. There is a melody line in the song, and then uh, uh, really good singers can sing a harmony. Now, it's not the exact same note as the melody line, but it's a different complementary note that when sung well, you hear a melody and a harmony, and there's, it's a really nice sound. So a peaceful life is a life of harmony, and specifically harmony with God. Now, when we think about our lives, that God would be singing a melody for our lives. He would have a will. He would have a purpose for us. He would have things for us to do and experience and accomplish. He would be singing a melody note for our lives. And we should come along and and complement what God is singing about our lives. We should harmonize with what God is doing in us and through us. Sync up with what God is doing. Not us singing the melody line and say, Okay, God, you provide the harmony for my melody. No, we should be wanting to uh, be living out God's melody and have his, that we would be living in harmony with God. Not just doing our own thing, but experiencing harmony with God. And really, when we aren't, when we aren't experiencing peace, when we don't have peace, this is what's happening to us a lot of times, that we aren't in harmony with God. We're kind of off doing our own thing, that we are um, just living our own way of life. And when we, when we look at Jesus' life, we see that his announcement of peace. But then when we see the Christmas story, um, you know, we look romantically back at the Christmas story and we see, you know, Joseph and Mary and Jesus in the manger and the star. But the time that they lived in was actually a very difficult time, a, di- a difficult time politically, that they were basically living in occupied territory, that the, uh, that the Roman Empire had a po- um, occupied Jerusalem at that time, so they were there and they, have to, they had to live with Roman soldiers always nearby. And so it was actually a difficult time to live, but they also could experience peace in the difficult time. We see here in the story, um, Matthew chapter 1, we see, um, as we see, you know, being announced to Mary that she was going to be pregnant with Jesus. There was another um, character that sometimes gets lost and gets thrown by the wayside, and that's Joseph. And we see um, how there were some different things going on with Joseph, that he was, you know, they were both, Joseph and Mary were very young teenagers, and they were engaged to be married, and then all of a sudden Mary shows up and says, I'm pregnant. And, you know, it... It was kind of a scandal at that time. And, you know, this is the only one time um, that someone could use this excuse. I'm pregnant, but it wasn't any man. It was God. And so, you know, at that time, Joseph was going to um, separate. He was going to divorce Mary. He was going to do it. But you can see the type of guy that he was. He was going to do it quietly. He didn't want to make a big deal about this. And so how many of you, you think that, you know, young teenagers engaged to get married and then all of a sudden this happens and, you know, your life gets turned upside down. It becomes like an upheaval going on. And we can read about it here in Matthew chapter 1 verse, 80, verse 18. It says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she, found to, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. 
And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So we had a whole plan. They were going to get married. There was a young couple. And all of a sudden, even before they were coming together as a married couple, they were going to be separated and they were going to be divorced. How many of you know that wasn't their plan? Joseph, as he entered into this relationship, wasn't thinking, you know what, this is really going to be hard and this is really going to be difficult and my life is now going to turn this whole other direction away that I didn't expect. Verse 20, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son... And you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And in Luke chapter 2, we see um, described the world around Mary and Joseph. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, who was the Roman leader. So he wasn't uh, a Jewish king like they had had for many years. That all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So we can see here with Joseph, there was kind of personal upheaval going on, sort of some confusion, and then, you know, he's going to be with Mary, and then he's not going to be with Mary, and then he has this vision, and he's like, okay, well, I am going to be with Mary. And so his life wasn't going exactly how he wanted it to go. They were living in occupied lands, and there was a ruler saying, okay, we're going to have a census, we're going to count everybody, so you have to go back to your birthplace, you have to go to your own hometown. And you have to be counted. And so here's Joseph's life. All the things that he really didn't want to do, he was having to do these things. He was having to, uh, all of the choices that he was making really were being made by someone else. Does anyone ever feel like that? And we're kind of going through life and we kind of think, okay, well, this is going on and I'm going to make this choice and I'm going to do this thing. And all of a sudden things are happening that are beyond your control and you have to do a bunch of things that maybe you didn't actually want to do. In those moments, can we still have peace? Can we still be at ease in our hearts and not let the dictates of the things that are going around us, going on around us, affect us on the inside? Because, you know, sometimes as as we live in this culture, it's so easy for us to just think about life, that we would think about life, that when I get to do the things that I want to do, I will be happy. And if I don't get to do the things that I don't, that I want to do, you know, I'm just going to be sad, I'm going to be grumpy to live with, I'm going to be an angry person. But there are some seasons in life that are handed to us. That things have gone on maybe that we didn't expect and maybe our life takes a right turn and maybe we're not doing exactly what we want in a given moment, in a given season. That as we, you know, we grew up, we we thought life was going to be easy as we talked about last week, but then we go through life and then maybe there's a season I'm in that I didn't actually choose, that I didn't actually want, kind of like Joseph. Things going on that he didn't choose personally, things going on that he didn't choose nationally. 
That as we go through seasons of life, that we can't just look at those things and think, well, I don't want this, so I'm just going to be a grumpy, mean person. And as we think about God's will a lot of times, for a lot of people, God's will is all about geography. God's will is all about uh, a place or a thing or a job. And if I'm in that place, and if I'm in a certain situation, or if I live in a certain house or I live in a certain neighborhood, then I will be joyful or then I will actually have peace. But I think there's, some, there's a greater dimension of God's will versus just geography. Where I am is, is exactly where I want to be. But it's more about who I am in any given situation. Because there's things that we won't choose in our life sometime that will take our life maybe on a detour. And if I'm on a detour, if I'm on a place maybe where it isn't my ultimate destination, can I still live in peace? Is peace still available for me? Or is it only, am I only going to live in peace when I'm in the exact circumstances that I want to experience? So it's more of a question of who I am versus where I am. Because if I have the right who, if I'm deciding to be a peaceful person, if I'm deciding to let peace reign in my heart, it doesn't actually matter where I am geography-wise, that I can bring, bring peace and experience peace, because peace is on the inside of me. It's more of a who than a where. So as we go through all of these different seasons of life, as we, as we, our, our lives are changing and, and different things are going on, there are going to be sometimes a season where it doesn't seem, things don't seem exactly as how they should be. You know, I, I always come back to this and I always have um, compassion for, for young parents who have new babies that, you know, you're, you're sleep, it, it, you're sleep deprived. And so everything is harder when you're sleep deprived. And no one would ever choose a season, never, no one would ever look forward in your life and choose a season like, you know, I'm just going to pick 10 years and just not sleep a lot. You know, that's just really going to be fun, that's really going to be enjoyable. And how many you know in those times, uh, depending on your personality, depending on your body makeup, your night person, morning person, all these different things, that if you're losing sleep, you can lose your peace crying baby and all these different things and so many different things going on and then you're perceiving these situations based on lack of sleep. It just makes life really hard. And so we might put off peace to another season of life. We think, well, I'm just not going to have peace now. You know, maybe the next season of life. Maybe the next season of life that I'll come and I'll experience peace because I can't, because this isn't life exactly the way what I would choose it now, and so I'll have peace in the next season of life. And we can do this with every season of life. I can remember distinctly being 13 years old and thinking, you know, life is never actually going to be good until I have my driver's license. And so for that three years, which seemed like forever, that I, you know, three years pining away, waiting to become 16 so I could get my driver's license. And then, you know, when you get your driver's license, you think, okay, this is great. Now I need a girlfriend. And then I'll really be experiencing life if I can have a girlfriend. And then, you know, you get the girlfriend and you get married and think, okay, now we're married. Great. Now we need to have babies. And then you have babies and think, well, just like I just described, okay, this, this is really hard. You know, they don't show you this in the TV commercials. Um, the diaper commercials, this is really hard being up at night and no one's there to cheer you on and nobody cares. 
And then you think, okay, if I get to the next season and then you have teenagers. Oh, Lord Jesus. And you think, okay, it's not this season I'm going to experience peace. It's going to be the next season. And you can keep pushing peace off into the future based on ex- stuff that you're experiencing on the outside. So peace really has nothing to do with the geography of life. Now I'm talking about seasons, not just where you live, just different things when I say geography. That you, uh, peace is more of an issue of who I'm deciding to be. Because God has peace for us to, to experience in the middle of difficult circumstances. In the middle of difficult times that we can be at ease. That we can have God's tranquility in the middle of stuff that I didn't actually choose. Stuff that I didn't actually want. That I can bring the peace of God that would be on the inside of me to these situations. John chapter 16 verse 33 says this. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That in Him we're going to have peace. That we're going to have tribulation in the world, we're going to have tribulation around us, we're going to have difficulty around us in our lives, in the world that we live in. Everything is not going to be exactly how you want it to be. Has anyone discovered this? Even if, you're, if your favorite politician is in power, there's going to be another country in the world whose politics don't line up with yours. And so you can't, well, oh, I'm going to be at peace when all of the politicians that I want to be in power, oh, then we'll have peace in the earth. And then I'll have peace in my heart. Now, Jesus told us, we're going to have difficulties. We're going to have tribulation. But he is the one, the Prince of Peace, who gives us peace. Peace that would exist on, in, on the inside of us. Not somewhere on the outside of us. Not looking to get peace and tranquility from the geography of my life. Whether it's a season or where I'm at or where I'm living. Then I'll really experience peace because everything, I've got all of my ducks lined up in a row and everything is perfect. And then, oh, then I'll have tranquility. Then I will have peace. Jesus is, is saying that our, once again, back to our relationship with Him. This will come the harmony that we're looking for. Harmonizing our heart. Harmonizing our heart with, with God and His presence and His love and His goodness and His wisdom and His grace. And then the geography actually doesn't matter. What's going on around me? Whether I'm in a season that I would choose or whether I'm in a season where I didn't actually choose it. Where I'm in a season where everything is going great or where I'm in a season where it's just kind of hard right now. That Jesus said that he gives us peace. And back to my original point, you know, about the declaration of Jesus' government. We live in crazy times. 
And I'm sure every generation could say that. But, I mean, you can look around the world every week. And, and how, we're, we, don't you look around the world and think, where is all of this going? Does anyone, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's so many, I mean, just in the political sense. I know that Jesus is returning. We talked about that earlier in the year, in, in the fall. And we know Jesus is going to um, be the ultimate judge of the earth. But when you just try to figure out, okay, how is all this political mess in the world, in our country and other countries, going to get resolved? Do you, does anyone know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's just, we live in the wild west of a world right now. So what does is, what is the government of Jesus look like? What is it, how is it that we could think about, what is my part? Because he it says the government's going to be on his shoulders. He is the Prince of Peace right now. Not just when eternity happens. He is the Prince of Peace now, through us and for us. That we should allow peace to rule in our hearts. There's not necessarily in our lifetime going to be a completely peaceful world to live in. Now there may be, not necessarily though. But if there isn't, can we still have peace in our hearts? Because where is his government? Where is it that Jesus is in charge? Where is it that he is Lord? Individuals. People. So we're not necessarily looking to have, okay, if one day in North America, if we could just have a Christian prime minister and we could have a Christian president in, in, in the States, man, we could talk about this for a long time, and this could be debated whether it's actually a good idea or not, then, oh my gosh, then the world will be amazing. Maybe, maybe not. But that's not actually what we're looking for. We want Jesus to rule in us. The government is upon his shoulders, and he is the Prince of Peace. See, and this is what, this is why a lot of people, when Jesus showed up, they struggled to see, oh, the Messiah is coming, and what is he going to do? He's going to set up a nation, and he's going to set up borders, and then he didn't. Sacrificed, sacrificed himself, he died on the cross, so that he could be the ruler of man's hearts. Regardless of their nationality, regardless of their background, regardless of their political persuasion, that he could bring rulership of peace to their hearts so that he could bring peace to the world through you and me. And this is where we have to decide to allow peace to rule in our hearts and not just to look for it on the outside, but let it rule on the inside. Enjoy your debates at lunch with that one. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says this. Ellen, you can come on up. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let's read that again. And let the peace of Christ rule. Where? In your hearts. That we're going to let peace 
be in charge. Tranquility. At ease. See, the enemy drives you. You got to do this. 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 You got to be nervous about this and watch out for this and watch out for this. And are you nervous about the economy? You're nervous about this. You're nervous about this. Oh my goodness, what is the world coming to? The enemy drives you. But the Lord leads us with peace. Completely different. The enemy is pushing you. Oh, you got to be nervous. Life is in the way. And what about this? And you're not where you thought you would be. And what about this? And what about this thing going? And what about this? And you're, you get all nervous and you, you don't have ease in your heart. But from out in front of us, the good shepherd leads us with peace. And he says, hey, let's go this way. Let's do, let's do this. That he would be our Lord and our Savior. That he leads us with peace. That we would let peace rule in our hearts. That peace would be in charge of our hearts. And who is the one that's going to let peace rule in your heart? It's going to have to be you. It's going to have to be you that gives up the rulership of your heart. It's all of the wrangling that's going on in the inside of your mind and in your heart. What all these different things and all the world and the economy and my family and all of this. You, you have to, we've got to give up. We've got to give up being in charge because we, we can't fix it all anyway. We can't fix all of the world's problems in a moment. We can't fix all of the people in our lives. But what I can do is I can let peace rule in my heart. And you know this. You know that you, you've been faced with circumstances in the past, something you didn't expect, something that showed up that you didn't want. And it's not the people that are flying off the handle that are finding solutions. It's the people that are calm in the moment. Why? Because we need a way forward in a difficult time. We need a, a way forward in a difficult time. And he leads us with peace. He's not driving us with frustration and driving us with anxiety. He's leading us with peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And so we have to know enough. Jesus said, in the world we're going to have tribulation, but I give you peace. So in those busy, crazy moments, this Christmas season and beyond, we just need to slow down and let peace rule in our hearts. Last verse is here. Hebrews chapter 13 says this. Verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant equip you with everything good 
that you may do His will, working in us. And how is He working in us? We just read there, He's the God of peace, so He's working in us with peace, working in us which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He wants to equip you with everything good that you may do His will. Do His will. Once again, not about geography. That you would do His will according to who He is making you. And he's ter- he, what, what He wants to do with all of us, He wants to transform us into the image of Christ. He's changing us. He's transforming us. He's doing something on the inside of us. He's equipping us for the season that we're in right now. He's doing something on the inside of us for the season that exists in our lives right now. He's equipping you so that you can have peace in the season of life that you are in right now. I don't know how long the season of life that you are in. I don't know how long it's going to last. But however long it lasts, I know that you want to have peace. But I, And I do know that He's equipping you. He's doing something on the inside of you. Why? Because He is the Prince of Peace. Let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank You for Your Word today. We thank You that Jesus came with peace. And as we celebrate this Christmas season as we are reminded that you came to the earth. Let's not, Lord, help us not to lose out on these truths. That you have peace for our hearts and you are the God of peace. That you're leading us with peace and you're guiding us with peace. That you are our good shepherd. That you love us and care for us. Regardless, Lord, of the season that we're in right now, that you can equip us and you can strengthen us and you can help us. And you're bringing peace on the inside of us, Lord, so we can bring peace to where we are. In our homes and on our job, within our friendships, within our marriages, within our parenting situations, Lord. Lord, we want peace. We want to be at ease. We can have all of this, Lord, as we rest in you. We just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that by your spirit today that you are bringing peace to each heart. Lord, we call you our Prince of Peace. We call you our ruler today. We call you our Lord. for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.